Start jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. We should be able to hear the magnetic resonance field. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us is Stephanie Wipert, who is the author of a book from Tonstoffel Press called... Sweet Secrets. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. It's a fantasy and there's cooking involved, so I'm in. I am in. I am so in. (laughs) Well, actually, it was really funny how I ended up with this book from Tanstoffel Press, because I have another book that I had been working on and pitching to editors, and um, Tom Gandolfi... Uh, who runs Tanstoffel Press, he was going, you know, I'm tired of a magic system based on math and based on mythology. I want something new and unique. And I had this um, outline for um, a story that I hadn't even started writing yet. And I said, well, what, like cooking? And he goes, oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, um, yeah, and so I ended up um, working with him on expanding the outline and mm-hmm. putting in what he wanted. And then um, here's Sweet Secrets. So he he played a very substantial role in helping you shape the story then. Yes, he did, because um, I wanted to make sure it would fit something, the idea that he had that he uh, thought he could sell. Mm-hmm. And so it's um, so, yeah, we went chapter by chapter where I would write a chapter and send it to him. And he said, OK, I like this part. I like where it's going. But no, uh, don't do that. And mm-hmm. so we had a great back and forth um, in the six months, seven months it took to write this thing. And then. Um, wow. And yes. Oh, I was like, wow, he sure took took some time with you. That's that's what an editor's yeah. for. <laughs> he kind of complained because um, one time um, when we met to go over some stuff, he said, you know, you were a first-time writer. You hadn't had anything published yet. So I thought, eh, take her a year, no big deal. I'll be getting a chapter a month. And it's like, uh, no, I was sending him a chapter a week. <laughs> that's the way you do it <laughs> so um by the end it was telling me to send him two or three chapters at a time because mm-hmm. i was um burying him yeah uh-huh. yeah <laughs> that's great 
Yeah, he'd forgotten that that wasn't my first book I'd ever written. That was just the first one that somebody wanted to buy from me. So what was the first book you wrote? The first book I wrote was, oh, Lord, um, the first book I finished was quite a few years ago. And it's, um, of course, it was unpublishable. For one thing, it was a full uh, length story. I'd gotten to the end of it, but it was like 50,000 words, which is way too short. And then um, that would that would make it a novella, not yes, a book. Yes, that would make mm-hmm. it a novella. And the other thing is, it had too many um, internal problems. Um, the premise of that one was if um, the human race was just a little more psychic from the beginning, um, they wouldn't call it psychic um, because it would have been with us from it would prehistoric have been something, times. Something normal. Yeah, it would have been something normal. Mm-hmm. And so they had um so they had what they called uh wizards that could uh, do magic and um they had bred intelligent animals to become familiars for them to help them. So it's a way of putting uh and the the cute thing about that story was that it's from the point of view of the familiar. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like oh, that. That is clever. I like that. Yeah. Um, the, but it, uh, but the 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 story itself had some problems, and I hope it will never see the light of day. <laughs> That's fine. Well, you know what? Park it in your your garage and just leave it there. And if bits of it could be used, you can rustle them yourself. Well, I have several other books in that world before I got um, Sweet Secrets. Mm -hmm. And um, the book I was pitching, which was called Road to Chaos, which after I finally got Tom to look at Road to Chaos, he said, you know, you suck at pitching. And I went, oh, God. (laughs) Because (laughs) Uh he likes the book. And the pitch I had done to him uh, did not, done for him, had not impressed him. But when he sat down to read the book, uh, he wants to publish that one now, too. Oh, that's great. So, yay. And uh, it's, it was a little shorter than what he wanted. So he suggested some more scenes. And so I'm working on adding those right now. Great. So. So tell us about The Sweet Secrets. Oh, Sweet Secrets. That's fun. Um, if you uh, had read the part of the first chapter that's on tancephal.com. No, because nobody told me it was available before I sat down at the microphone. <laughs> My bad. And it's his bad, and I'll swat him for it later. Oh, you'll get him later, huh? You bet. And yep. he may even enjoy it. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, on tancephalpress.com, you can read the first chapter, and then if you like it, you can buy it. And what's co- what happens is that Brand new stepdad, uh, Brad, um, stepdad Brad gets mm-hmm. to watch his seven year old stepson for the very first time. Mom's not real sure about this, but she's letting them have their day while she goes out and has a girl's day out. Mm-hmm. And UPS makes a mistake and delivers a package meant for the neighbors. It's an order from a candy company. Brad uh, tells. Michael, this isn't for us. It belongs to somebody else. Stay out of it. Well, you know what happens when Brad goes to find the n- number for the neighbor. 
It's Can candy. It's yeah. candy. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. absolutely no chance that that package of candy is going to survive a yeah. Well, being a, a child's interest, being a stepmother of a boy. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Brad comes back to the kitchen with the phone number just in time to watch his stepson, which he promised to take care of by his loving wife, fade out of existence in for, before his eyes. Uh-oh. Ooh, yeah. And then he it goes on a panic trying to figure out what happened, and he goes, pounds on the neighbor's door and says, what happened? I got to get my son back. This you is your name is this. on this. You tell me what's going on. Yes, <laughs> and so what happens is they end up going into a kind of a parallel world where um people with uh enhanced cooking abilities can make food that does things. Dude. Like eat- Dude, I gotta go there. Yeah, it's well, it's like they make angel food cake that mm-hmm. will clear out stuffiness in your sinuses. Yeah, the the candy is labeled teleportal candy. Oh dear. Yes, yes, transportal. Transportal. Transportal chocolates. Uh huh. And they can ba- they can transport themselves from place to place on the planet using these chocolate bars. <laughs> set it, up. Do we have uh, recipes in this book? Because <laughs> well, it was one of the things we considered, um, but uh, Tom ended up deciding not to put them in Sweet Secrets. He is th- the last I heard. He was thinking about doing um, a recipe book with the series um, because there is going to be a series. Um, he. Uh, has already greenlighted a over um, a premise for the second book, which is going to be called Cordon Blues. Oh, cool! <laughs> yes, I, I like I'm. That. I'm okay, good. <laughs> All they're, they're just the, the food puns just write themselves. Yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> so we will be doing the second one. Um, I will be starting Cordon Blues right after I finish um, the added scenes that he wants to Road to Chaos. Mm-hmm. And uh, Road to, I'm going to end up having two series running through Tanstoffel Press. The Sweet Secret series is more of a, well, YA you know, a safe series. It's going to not have no sex, not a lot of Mm -hmm. bad language or violence or anything that anybody would object to for their kids. It's sort of fun adventure. (laughs) Yes. A a fun adventure for kids while road to chaos is going to be more, more on the adult scene. It's going to have a little bit of language, um, not a lot of sex, but it's going to be geared toward more, more, um, uh, more adult audiences. Mm-hmm. And its premise is that there is a school um, in the world where people use high level of math to effect reality. And when someone starts um, trying to integrate um, a uh, quantum string theory math into their magic system, it kind of creates chaos. So... Mathematics. Mathematics. Oh, mathematics. 
Yeah, mass and, ma- and that's what I call it, mass and magic. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. We <laughs> predicted it. <laughs> See, well, um, that's sort of um, an example of reverse causality, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah, so they're able to to use math to affect reality, and that one, what it starts out, its main protagonist is Robert, who is a up and coming actor in Hollywood, and he is on his way to an audition for his first lead role, and he wants it really badly, but then he makes a mistake and turns the wrong way on a street, gets himself lost, and has a an accident with this weird guy who cut, b- bops out of the car and points a fun- funny-looking stick at him and says, Are you campus security? And he goes, What? Whoa. <laughs> and turns out that the guy is um, is related to Robert and is... Um, and says, chaos brought brought us together. That means you're supposed to help me. And they're back in Robert's apartment. And he's kind of upset about missing the interview. And Eric is telling him all this great stuff about what goes on in, the, in his world, in his mathematic world. When uh, the people looking for Eric try to come in to the apartment. And Robert shuts the door in their face. And next thing Robert knows is Eric is pulling him through his picture window in his dining room to save him from the explosion that it, that just happened is in his apartment. Okay, things things uh, accelerate from uh, mm-hmm. uh, from from normal to weird to holy cow. In, yeah, and yes, shoot the sheriff in the first reel. That's what I say. <laughs> Well, it gets even better because where they see um, this teleportal thing that Eric has uh, got, it's actually his thesis and it, his dissertation, his thesis, and it's not ready yet, so he can't control where they end up. Are mm-hmm. you sure these are two different worlds? Well, they are two different worlds. Okay, because there's some overlap. You could you could write them. them you right. could stitch those two you could concepts stitch them together. together. Yeah, it's possible. Uh-huh. I think it uh-huh. would be possible to do that. There Maybe was, having not read both cross, of them. There's some perhaps some crossover opportunity there. There's, uh, poss- yeah, possibly. Um, because well, Eric's magic works off of math, and if you don't um, think there's math in cooking. <laughs> Yeah. And science. Yep. Oh, if, the, if there isn't at least one explosion in the kitchen a week, I think th- there's something wrong. <laughs> Boy, one, you have one, a lot more exciting. One batch of exploding cookies. <laughs> Nobody forgives. <laughs> nope. We're not, definitely not going to forget that one. Mm, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, it it sounds like you've got uh it sounds like you've got several uh really great um universes going. Oh, thank you. You know. Cooking magic is not not new. Did you ever read um like Water for Chocolate in uh they made Actually, a movie of it? Uh yeah, I had heard of the concept. Actually, I hadn't read that, but I've uh Yeah, you need to read that. And that's got yeah. and and that included recipes by the way. So 
Yeah, well, hopefully I can convince Tom to include them in the next one. I think I would help with that because that's uh, <laughs> all this wheeling and dealing. Okay. So, okay. Um, Mr. Turnbull, did you end up reading any of that? Oh, just Gene. Okay, Gene. Yeah. Did you end up reading any of that first chapter? Yeah, I did. I read, the, I read the first chapter. And and we got to the point essentially where uh, William, the the fellow next door, whose mm-hmm. whose package it actually was, uh, had managed to uh, uh, get them uh, get his uh, his neighbor properly attired for his trip to uh, this other world. Mm-hmm. You know, and it sort of it 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 uh, it sets the stage the. Uh, uh William is not from around here and no. uh, and it, it raises all sorts of questions as to why he's on earth how this stuff all works i mean it's just uh um uh, the inside it, it's like susan said you know you shoot the sheriff in the first the first reel first reel yeah film school and and wisdom. you uh, and and things just escalate very very quickly from there you don't uh you don't stand around waiting for your inciting incident to happen. You th- you throw the uh, the reader into the pitch right away. And, well, I hope it wasn't written too fast that no, you no, couldn't. No, 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 no. That wasn't that okay. wasn't it. I mean, it was it was. Uh, you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to do that. Yes. I mean, it's it's what it's what hooked me. It's what makes me want to read the rest of the book. Oh, thank so, you. You know, that's uh, uh, and it's. That is the writer's task, really, is uh, is to get that strong hook in there yes. within, within the first couple of pages. Yeah, and, because if they read the first two pages and they're bored, they're going to put the book back down. Yeah, that's that's right. And it's, uh, as Susan was saying, we, got, we get this from our, our training in writing screenplays first, uh, because we both went to film school. And... Uh, and this is what we did with our education. <laughs> <laughs> well, how does that saying go? Uh, do something you love and you'll never work a day of your life. Good point. Good uh-huh. point. That's right. That's And that's kind of how it's worked out, too. So uh, I haven't... Uh, I've had I've had some... You're, you're, you're writing... Uh, uh, a radio play, and that's uh-huh. that's. Yeah, using yeah, I'm your working education. on a radio play. I'm, I'm working on episode six right now, and uh, yeah. It's, but but this isn't. Let's talk more about what you have going on. What are you working on right now? Okay, as I said, I'm working on Road to Chaos. Road to Chaos. That's uh, right. Okay. Road to Chaos. It's the first of the secondary series, uh-huh. which I have tentatively named Pulp All the Way. Because what it's going to do, oh, you're going to love this. I just realized you guys said you write screenplays and you've got an education in movie sc- screenplays. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Pulp All the Way lampoons every Hollywood trope. Okay. Road to Chaos has two men, Robert and Eric, and a woman, um, Grace. Mm -hmm. And uh, using the road to should ping you your guys' road picture. Bing us, I think. Yes, Yes, bing you. It's a road picture. The second book is uh, in the Road to Chaos series is going to be set in Arizona. Robert is going to be working on a Western, 
And the name of that book is going to be Spaghetti Western. Oh, cool. Okay. And the reason it's called Spaghetti Western is because reality is falling apart. And as they walk by a first um, a Methodist church, and then they circle around the block and come back, the church turns into the first Pastafarian church. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> May the flying spaghetti monster touch you with his noodly yes. appendage. Spaghetti yes. western. And they're going to watch with eyes the size of saucers as the family goes by and they all have colanders on their heads. Of course they as do. As they walk into the church. Of course they do. <laughs> Everything happens in some other universe. Yes. Everything we've thought of and a few things we haven't. Because the world is even more amazing than what we can even imagine. Yeah, it's it's the Terry Pratchett syndrome. You know, Discworld, Discworld was which was a an imperfect reflection of of our world. Well, that, you're thinking of Bizarro. Well, I think I think I think uh, I think Pratchett actually went out of his way to to point this out in the books. I think it was in the Science of Discworld where it's you know anyway. Yeah, because I remember reading. I remember reading that too. Um, that he talked about on on the probability curve, there you're going to have worlds on mm-hmm. the ends, which are highly unlikely, but are still going to exist. Well, like like uh, I, I can't remember which book it was from, but uh, uh, there were the three witches. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Granny Weatherwax, Danny Og, and. Uh, Queen Magret <laughs> and Queen Magret, yes. uh, uh, and they were going to uh, take hollowed out logs and cut windows in them and use flying spells to fly people acro- around uh, the disc world. And since all of them were virgins at the time, they thought they were going to call it Virgin Airlines. I don't think it. I don't think Nanny Og would, was was a virgin when she <laughs> well, was that's, born. That, so <laughs> no. that's true. That's true, but that's what they and were going to call Magrat it, Virgin have, Airways. And Magrat would have blushed, and Nanny would have told you it was none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I but I remember that element from the book. And, I don't and, know what and, book and, you were reading, Buster. <laughs> it, it's I can't remember which one it was. That's the sorry thing. There, the, the the thing is that uh, Pratchett wrote, of course, so many. I'm not sure this was Pratchett. Yes. This, I guarantee you, this was Pratchett. Okay, I just well, can't find. The, I just can't remember the book. So I, it, um, for the most part, the only ones that I've read of Pratchett has been the Rinse Wind, because I like mm-hmm. I like that with the, the color of magic and and uh, yeah. You know, yes. Some of the first ones. So, um, the only one that I've read that wasn't in that series was, um, oh shoot, the one about the newspaper press. Uh, oh, um, the truth. The truth. Yes. Yes. So it's got to be mentioned somewhere in the wizard books, I guess, because that's I where think it, I think it might have been the science of Discworld because it what he's describing was not in any of the witch books. Trust me no. on this one. Mm. Really, no. It might be in the it wizard was, books because I remember I recognize his reference and I've read the wizard books. Yeah, so I, I think it, it. It. I think it had something. To, remember when? Uh, uh, I think it was Magret that got tied up in the brain of a hawk and had to be extracted. That was Tiffany. That was Tiffany. Okay. Anyway, I think it was that from that same book. 
and I don't remember again. I don't remember the title. Or no, wait, wait. It was it was Escarita. What is it? So it would be Equal Rights. Okay, Equal Rights. I think it might have been in that. Yeah, maybe that, and which is sort of a wizard book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, here we are. You know, discussing other people's books. Hey, yeah. we're geek. We're geeks. What do you expect us to talk we're, about? We're geeking, we're geeking out. out. Well, and it's it's you can't write in a vacuum either. You know, it's it's a uh, uh, it's one of the big myths of of uh, of uh, people who want to be writers and aren't yet. Uh, they think that you that you do this in a vacuum, and that you go oh. away and you lock yourself in a room, and 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 uh, nine months later you come out with a book. Or a new child, well, one of the two. I don't okay, know. okay. <laughs> Cooking magic in Pratchett in uh, Witches Abroad. There was mm-hmm. they they go to another kingdom and um, uh, visit visit uh, another castle and Mrs. Gogol and her her magic gumbo in which she saw visions. There are no new ideas mm-hmm. per se because I mean even Harry Potter. There before that there were tons of kid wizards. Mm-hmm. Going off to school to learn their magic, so sure, it, it's yeah. all in the execution. It is in the execution. I discovered the the Potter books because it, it was just hitting stride. I guess it was the third book was out, and kids were lining up at midnight to buy a book, <laughs> not a video kids, game. What? Ten year old kids with their parents who had obviously talked their parents into taking them to these these book releases. <laughs> They're at the bookstores at midnight. Why, you know, what book is this that has entranced children so? So that's, I had to read them. And, and of course, uh, you know, like everybody else got as hooked as, as could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, J.K. Rollins can write. I absolutely devoured but them. Why but was, why did that hit and a uh, hundred others didn't? Who can say? But you have a publisher who is interested in your work. So, you know, that's that's 90% of the work right there. Oh yeah, it was hard um, because um, I start. <laughs> I started writing on account of a slug. Believe it or not, uh, there's a local convention here called RustyCon, and mm-hmm. their um, uh, their mascot is a slug with a little beanie on its head with the propeller and everything. Nice. That, that's how you can tell it's Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And they okay. were doing what? Oh. Like seven years ago, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. had a call for uh, short stories for an anthology called Tales of the Slug. <laughs> you had to write a story where the protagonist was a slug. Considering what the slugs have done to my garden this year, I would ha- I would be hard-pressed to make it a nice story. I'm, I'm very anti-slug at the moment. Well, um, I th- the idea just kind of tickled my funny bones, so I... Um, thought I wrote a short story and I sent it off and believe it or not, I got a personal uh, reply, not just the thanks for submitting. It was, it was, we like your writing, but you don't have a story here. You have a scene. You don't have a beginning, middle and end. That's so an can't honest use assessment. This. But actually, to get something beyond, you know, mm-hmm. thanks but no thanks, good luck in your further endeavors is that's that kind, was, of, kind of a nice thing. They were obviously obviously thought enough of your writing style to uh, to answer back. Yeah, um, that that made sure that I was writing since then because she wrote slug copy. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> they all did. Yeah, they all did. Yeah, obvious, obviously, she's never heard that one before. <laughs> oh, that's it. I, I broke the guest. <laughs> you, know, you know it's a good show when you break the guest. <laughs> well, I don't know about broken, but I meant to stop laughing. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, you write uh, – you turn out chapters pretty fast, so uh, I, can, I, I think yes. I think I did the math in my head earlier in the show, and uh, it works out that you would be able to churn out maybe three books a year at the rate you write. That's, pretty, um, that's pretty not good. counting things like editing and rewriting. Yeah, I mean, she, see the rewriting yeah, could is- crank. Crank through three, three first drafts, three first drafts in a year, or one first draft, one second draft, and one. You know, that's you know that's that's uh, that's fast okay. enough to 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 uh, fill up the pipeline and and keep three books going at once. Well, my I, I, I my goal is to get up to where I can have um, uh, three series coming out with a book every year. Mm-hmm. However, um, Sweet Secrets and Road to, and um, Pulp All the Way are the two that are ready to be pushed out. I would like to get uh, the familiar story, mm-hmm. uh, a world in uh, a story in that world where, f- uh, from the f- from a familiar point of view, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to get that done. But I've got to get these taken care of, and yeah, I can write of a, a first draft in really good time, but this. Adding in the scenes that my editor wanted me to do in Road to Chaos is being a, um, a copper-plated witch. <laughs> no, that's, that just means you can't spell. <laughs> okay. Well, I wasn't sure if I could use the term for a female dog on your I think, radio station. I think that uh, uh, Elton John opened that one up with the bitch's back, you know? Okay. So, yeah, trying to put this put these scenes in without breaking the continuity, mm-hmm. um, referring to something that didn't happen, or mm-hmm. not referring to something that was important and needs to be put into these scenes, weaving it in without breaking my story is a copper-plated bitch. <laughs> and I've been working on okay. it for... <laughs> Yeah. For months. So, yeah, it's right now I hope to get two books out a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but until I can get a little better at this editing rewrite crap, uh, I don't know if I can get three. Well, and it's uh, uh, I think part of it might be um, just getting used to what the secondary arcs are supposed to be, you know, in your books and, and figuring out what your editor is going to be asking for before he asks it, you know, because you're going to start seeing patterns in the kinds of things he asks for. So, yeah, that's a good point. And the longer I work with Tom Gandolfi, the longer or the better I'll get it anticipating what he's going to want. Mm-hmm. I mean, that works with any re- uh, editor relationship. Sure. Um what he wanted me to do in Road to Chaos is he wanted me to increase the road part of it because um, I told you that uh, Robert gets pulled out of his exploding apartment right, right. Mm-hmm. by Eric and they land in Tibet. Well, I had them go from Tibet to the university to get into the, set, uh, the other part of the story where they clear Eric's name um, 
uh, from what he was charged with, uh, wrongly, wrongly accused Mm -hmm. of. Um, Well, he wanted to add three more um, stops in between there. So instead of just... Well, any road picture needs some stops. I'm not arguing with him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh At no point do I argue with my editor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I may ask questions but Mm -hmm. hey he's the one who has to sell this so i've got to work with what he wants as long as the questions aren't are you some kind of idiot i think you'll be fine (laughs) yeah well actually i can give him a hard time in fact um at noirscon when when my book came out sweet secrets i was um telling people about my book Mm-hmm. And I would tell them, okay, he's in small press row, which is over in this hallway over there. And when you get to it, tell him I instructed you to give him grief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, uh, he's easy to find on small is. press row. He's he got is. like giant teddy bears. And stuff. Oh yeah, the big purple bear. Yep. Yeah, the bear. Uh, uh, Toy Wars. Toy Wars. Uh, which yes. we. Uh, which uh, we also had discussed with him at great length and in silly yeah. detail. Yeah, we had him on. We had him on last year about it, and we uh, we met him at uh, WorldCon. Yeah, we met him at WorldCon uh, Sasquan uh, mm-hmm. in um, uh, Washington, in Spokane, Spokane, Washington. You're the 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 only WorldCon to take place in the middle of a natural disaster. A federally recognized disaster zone. There was a forest fire not far away. I was sick. The sky was the skies were thick gray and the sun never got above a dim red <laughs> because of all yeah. the smoke. Yeah, you know, I had wanted to ghastly. go, but real life got in the way, and so I wasn't able to go. But I'm kind of glad I didn't because yeah, maybe. I. Yep. It was. It was uh, the socially. It was fabulous. Oh, we had yeah, such a was, good time. Oh, yeah, but I would have been people. so so sick. A lot of people were. I was wishing we'd been yeah, in people. the adjoining hotel just so we didn't uh-huh. ever have to go out in it. Yeah, the the uh, if you the stayed air was inside, so bad. yeah, if you stayed inside, it was great. great. But the air was so bad that people uh, people could only stand to go out in it for maybe five or ten minutes at a time. And that was yeah. it. Waiting half an hour for the shuttle bus was, was not going to happen. Yeah. 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 Well, I have um, a mild asthma that's c- controlled with medication. Oh, yeah. That would have been oh, very bad. Yeah. It'd, you'd, have, you'd have died. And no just, dying allowed. <laughs> I would have been in the hospital. Yeah. So let's yeah. not go there. Okay. So it worked out well. The powers that be were watching out for me and put these roadblocks so I didn't go. But we myself. went and we met Tom Gundolfi and and he's introduced us to you. So it's all good. Yay! Yeah, it worked Yay! Out. yeah, it's uh, uh, we have a great relationship with Thomas. He's uh, uh, as a matter of fact, he's uh, one of the sponsors on Krypton Radio. He's uh, uh, he's just uh, had a. That's not why we're talking to you. It's right. just we're talking to you because this book sounds like great fun. Uh huh. Good. Yeah, that he it was he who turned us on to you in the first place. So um, yeah, we're and we're very grateful. It's all about networking. It all it is, and that's that gets back to my other my original point. You know about how we are uh, uh, as. Fan geeks invented networking. We were there before there was a word for it. Yes, you know, you know someone who knows someone, and suddenly well, we had to because yeah. there aren't enough of us to you know. To have a high enough percentage in every city, 
Mm-hmm. So we had to network to find each other. Yep. It's it's like w- what you say, Susan. It's a, a a small village spread out over an entire planet. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's uh, and this is imagine just- this before the internet. Yeah. It was all yeah. done at conventions, you know, once a year, twice and a year. Telephones and mailing lists and, and newsletters, which were much more important then than they are now. And But uh, but it, but the fandom has existed since the nineteen twenties, so we've managed almost a century now. Yeah. Yay. That's pretty pretty amazing when you think about it. But it's yeah. it's uh, uh, science fiction. Would you say uh, that science fiction being a science fiction writer has uh has opened doors for you in terms of uh, your social connections? Oh, well, I've gotten to meet some cool authors. I have um, I have developed a pretty good friendship with um, an author I do admire. She's local to me. Mm-hmm. Her name is Jean Johnson. Mm-hmm. And she, um, she kind of writes um, um, fantasy romance. That's... Um, the series she was working on when we first met and hit it off. And um, she's, her series, uh, the series I'm talking about is called Sons of Destiny. And it's um, really good. And uh, there isn't really a lot for the guys. Sorry, Jean. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I think you might like it, hey, like it. In a world where Outlander is the big you know today's big thing that obviously she's she's onto something (laughs) in a world where yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) well well she writes um really good love scenes Mm -hmm. and i will never forget from the first one called the sword um the description she used for this big muscular man saber in the bathtub it's just ha. Okay. She writes. Yes, she writes that type. She's good. Yeah. I'll be in my bunk. (laughs) Well, what's really great is uh, because of that friendship that I have with her, I can have her look at my stuff before I send it to Tom and say, okay, tell me what I did wrong. And she'll tell me. And she Uh is probably going to be one of my biggest fans because she's already – uh, bought sweet secrets and she's burbled about it online and i am so incredibly grateful to her for that well as long as you have someone you can trust and you know say when you say tell me what i'm doing wrong and have her really tell you <laughs> and yeah. not get mad when she tells you yeah that's <laughs> i mean that's uh, a good real friendship you know it's yeah, a good it relationship is, yeah the, uh, well one of the first things i learned um uh, when i first started uh tr- the goal of writing uh, six, seven years ago, is um, I read somewhere that you're going to be told you're doing things wrong and get used to it, expect it, and don't let people just say, oh, I like that you're a wonderful writer because that doesn't help you. You'll never get any better. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, but there's such a thing as people who just say mean things for the sake of saying mean things and, and yeah actually, so the constructive criticism is one thing mm-hmm. destructive griefing is another yeah there's a there's a big difference between uh between receiving critique of your work and being criticized as a person and uh this is the hurdle that a lot of artists and writers have trouble with and they can, and they very frequently can't separate the two and those are the ones that don't make it 
Yeah. And um, unfortunately, I had a bad experience with that in a writer's group. And that's why writer's groups can be dangerous to new writers. Because um, by the time I left the writer's group, I had decided that no other right, nobody, unless they were published, um, is going to like my writing. Um, other That's writers didn't like it, and I got nitpicked. And I still remember the time that I made up a word, for, a name for somebody, and they said, "You know what that word means?" And no, it's not in the dictionary. Um, well, that's useful. I mean, yeah, that's useful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just getting nitpicked, and other writers, uh, unless they've been published, they seem to think they have to pick it apart. Mm-hmm. When you don't have to, you can just say, "Okay, I didn't like that, and I didn't like that, but I did like that," and that's a good feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. it, it's, uh huh. It's. And this is one of the great things about being part of the science fiction community is that uh, you have access to to people who – I don't know. Just personally, it seems like every fifth person I know is a writer. It's kind You're of just hanging of out with the right kind of people. Yeah. Uh, we, maybe it's – maybe that's it. You know, maybe it's because of what we do. But uh, boy, we know a lot yeah, of writers. And it's 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 great to get that feedback and and have it actually mean something. Yeah. Now uh, the science fiction field and fantasy field in particular is rich in people who aren't there to put you down or to eliminate the uh, the competition, but they've always been very helpful to each other. That's that's just yeah. sort of a an ethic of of, of the genre, and I'm proud yeah, of us. We've, well, we've all been bullied. I'm pretty sure. Maybe oh, yeah. that's it. Yeah, maybe that's it. That's, <laughs> that's romance that's a writers thread. hang together and mystery writers hang together, but a lot of you know general writers they'll it's cutthroat as hell. Oh yeah. Well, so. thank you, uh, thank you very much for joining us on this week's episode of the Event Horizon. We gotta Stephanie. get we gotta get together and talk cooking sometime. Oh um, yeah, that's over already. Okay. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. And, oh, okay. Um, break my heart. What state are you guys in? We're in California. We're in Los Angeles area. Oh, cool. So you possibly could come up for NorwestCon. You're not that far it's away. It's on my list of, of conventions to go to. I've got friends where's, on committee that one? in the Northwest. Well, very funny, but yes. Seattle. Where Seattle? Or okay. Portland. Or, you okay. Know, we've, yeah. yeah, we've done Spokane, so we can do Seattle or I've Portland. Got, I've got an evil minion in Seattle. Hello, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have a writer friend up in the Puget Sound area. I'm Wonderful. not in Seattle. I'm a little far south. But. Okay. Okay, excellent. And we're in the same time zone, so that helps. Oh, yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah. And we're, we're learning the value of time zones in this this. But, you know, we've done uh, interviews from you know with people in France and Scotland, and boy, setting those up. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I've got online friends in in um, uh, outside of London in one of their um, suburbs, and it's like God, I got to be up at eleven o'clock at night to talk to them. Yeah, well, France, Scotland, London, and Australia. Australia. Yeah. Well, it was yeah. either Australia or Iceland. Imagine his commute. Oh my God! You know. Yeah, there was a game designer, uh, uh, the the fellow who wrote um, uh, the Quantum Break novel. The novel. Oh, that's from the right. Game. He was interesting. Yeah, wasn't he was. He? Yeah, he uh, and I. Forgive me. I don't remember your name. 
syrup, but uh <laughs> but he he you know he was in Australia and his publisher was in Iceland, and sometimes he'd have to go there and you know, that's more oh. hours than I want to contemplate. Yeah, yeah, that's too many flyer, frequent flyer miles. <laughs> yeah. It's too many of them. Well, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of The Event Horizon here on Krypton Radio. I am your host, Gene Turnbow. I am your other host, Susan Fox. And we have been talking to Stephanie Wipert. Uh, Who is adorable. And oh, about her book, Sweet Secrets. Thank you for joining us. And thank you very much for having me. You have been listening to episode 138 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for June 12, 2016. Our guest this evening has been Stephanie Wipert, author of Sweet Secrets from Tonstoffel Press. Your hosts were Susan L. Fox and Jean Turnbow. This episode will air again on Sunday, June 12, 2016 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and two more times on Tuesday and Saturday morning, at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode and others on iTunes, Stitcher, and our own website at kryptonradio.com as podcasts. If you are an artist, writer, actor, or other creator, and you would like to appear as a guest on The Event Horizon, please contact our production manager, Kat Carter, at catcarter at kryptonradio.com. Krypton Radio is substantially listener-supported, and if you enjoy hearing the event horizon each week, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash kryptonradio. Just five green pieces of paper a month. That's all we ask. This program is copyright 2016 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. <laughs>